1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. What the H is a deal on a Honda? Search Honda Offers to find out about our great deals. Head to Subway and try the new hot-grilled paninis. The Eagles with a six-goal final term to overhaul Melbourne last night. Win by 16 points, string three in a row together. The Premiership coach Adam Simpson is with us on Crunch Time. Adam, welcome. Good morning, boys. Two goals morning, down. Yes, two goals <laughs> down. Walking to that three-quarter time huddle. What was what was your sense of it? Oh, look, it was. Um, geez, it would have been a good game to watch. It would have been entertaining. Um, the, the way Melbourne played, we, we scouted and understood what they were going to try and do, and the, the slingshot um, corridor um, shape and bake, I suppose, with the ball. Um, it it uh, when it works, it's really hard to stop. Um, but if you can get the ball back, you possibly can get players out of position as well in your advantage. And we went into the game trying to um, uh, play a bit more of an equalised game and get some turnovers in the front half. And that just wasn't working. So um, we made some changes and <clears throat> managed to change the momentum a little bit. And once we stopped that, we thought um, we'd be right in the game. And, and I thought our leaders stood up in the last quarter and it just looked like a tough, hard slog. And... Um, yeah, the game was probably more in our terms in the last quarter and a half than it had been all night. How significant is it to do that, Adam, in a in a seven-minute break at three-quarter time and, the, <laughs> and you get six goals to one? So how much yeah. can you do? How much is already sort of learned behaviour to kick into gear? What, what's the mechanics of trying to affect that change? Uh, well, you can't do a lot during the quarters anymore. It's really difficult to, to have any type of strategy. Um, so at halftime, we put a lot of work into trying to work out how changed the momentum of the game because it wasn't going our way and we um, we thought Melbourne were playing a really hard brand to stop. So we did some things at half-time. It wasn't working for us throughout the third quarter, but we just spent a bit more time educating and our players, I mean, above all, the, I think the the work around the ball, the contest, that was the priority. And, and I thought, um, I know Melbourne have been pretty light on with, uh, with some availability, but their midfield is still probably the best in the competition when you look at the names. So that was um, that was really important. And, yeah, they, they, they got it right in the last quarter. How hard to plan against coaching against Max Gorn and what he can do and what you can <laughs> oh, you stop and what you can't <laughs> stop, Simone? I mean, what, do you, what, can you, what can you do from a coaching point of view? You, at times you've probably just got to sit back and say, he's just too good for us. But what, what works and what fails from a coaching point of view? Well, we we know how good he is in the ruck, and the 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 one on one nature of, of that contest is. I mean, you do a lot of work throughout the week. Unfortunate, we don't have Nick available at the moment, but we're fortunate we've got Nick available during the week to help with strategy. So we put a lot of work into our rucks and their craft. And um, the main goal for us last night was just to reduce his uncontested possessions and try and take away his influence around the ground and fight as hard as we can in the ruck and look I thought he was one of their best players with his ruck craft and in particular we couldn't we just couldn't stop it um, but they're the decisions you got to make King, whether you send numbers up around the ball to stifle those hit outs or you hold your forwards um, and you know throughout the night we had to change a few things but he, he was very hard to stop I know this guy has a special spot in your in your, your thinking and in your heart a little bit Liam Ryan he's just such an exciting player for us to watch, and what he does is just sheer brilliance. Really, I mean, he's 
this this boy you've you dragged out of the waffle, he's he's now doing it AFL level. What what sort of what sort of pleasure does that does that bring? One, the coach, and then two, the team, because he, he did inspire at, at a couple of critical moments last night. He did. He he, um, he he does a lot of work with Jamie Graham, our forward line coach, and Adrian Hickman, who is his mentor, and they they put a lot of work into trying to be an elite AFL player. And, and when he played at Subiaco, if anyone ever saw him, he used to stand in the goal square and empty out the 50. <laughs> that was his job. <laughs> and uh, some of his highlights were just great. Um, but when you get drafted to, to AFL level, it's, it's pretty hard to push JK um, and Jack Darling outside of 50 and, and stick yourself in the goal square. And <laughs> as much as we didn't want to do that, we started it last year when we first started. We thought, geez, why don't we just do that? And um, it just doesn't work at AFL level. They're too smart um, in defending. So... He's had to buy in on our work rate and being a high half forward, being a good crummer, not flying all the time. But at the same same time, going for your marks is one of his real strengths. So if you watch that mark, look at the work rate he does before he takes that mark. It's um, He's the one that actually kicks it to Josh Kennedy and then he's the one that marks it in the goal square. So he's got, great he, effort last night. He's got a licence to probably do a couple of things that others don't, Timo. Has he got one of those little green cards we can just jump whenever <laughs> he likes? Uh, you know, he, he doesn't need a lot. He hasn't got a license to actually full stop. So um, <laughs> that's on that's on and off the field. Um, so he, uh, he no, nah, look, he just plays on instinct, and we coach him during the week. That's pretty much what we do. Simo, you've won your last three, and I think you're just in a magnificent position. But it has been on the back of uh, some big quarters. I think the last fortnight it's been your third quarter. Last night, six goals, one in the last quarter. Is there any concerns yeah. from you, or are you just happy with where you sit overall, knowing that you'll probably come and well, you'll improve in the back half of the year? That's a good question. I, I think it's a little bit unfair to say it's just been uh, patches in quarters. I mean, mm. we kicked one goal eight in the last quarter last week. Um, I think last night there was um, in one or two points in it for a couple of quarters there. We, so, you know, the, our form is improving. We still haven't hit our straps in terms of that pure, you know, clean, beautiful-to-watch type of football. But I just don't know if that's in any um, games that we see across the season at the moment. I think the way that teams are defending and the way... Um, scoring has gone down and it's just difficult to get that going. So as long as we're up and about in the contest, I think we can we can grind <clears throat> excuse me, we can grind games out and we can win ugly and the most the most important thing at the moment is getting those wins. So uh am I concerned? I, I suppose that what what's pleasing during the week we can see what we need to improve on. It's real clear what we need to do. We're just probably not executing as best we can at the moment. How can you get more out of Jack Darling at times? He's looked like he could be the game's best forward. Uh, this year, his numbers yeah. are down on last year and, and was quiet again last night. Is that the debate that you have from week to week? Well, it is, and sometimes it's the individual and you know getting better at the contest and turning up as much as you can. So that's, that's part of it. And sometimes it's supply. I mean, our numbers this year on inside 50s, I heard you talk about Melbourne, even last night, they were plus 15, if... If we had 60 inside 50s, I think you'd see probably a slightly different looking Jack Darling. At the moment, we're struggling to get to 50. So, um, you know, having six or seven less opportunities for those guys to get into the game will affect those guys' performances. So a bit of both at the moment. Adam, I want to ask you about the the skipper, Shannon Hearn, who was instrumental last night. We are just chatting off here. Is is he having a better year than last year when he was all-Australian halfback flank? 
Yeah, well, maybe his profile's a bit bigger. He might get all the Australian captain uh, this time around. Um, he's, uh, his form is in the last 12 months has been exceptional, and I, I think um, he's, he's very understated in, in the football community, but I think that more and more people watch us play. They see what he can do, not just with the ball, but how he's leading our club and our players, and his form is... Um, as consistent as I've ever seen a player, really, the way he goes about it. So I can't speak high enough for him. I know there's been some discussion with yourself or your, your club, um, mainly led by you, you know, let's be honest, but uh, about the venue, it's a little bit hard. Have, have you spoken to the boys this morning? <laughs> How'd they pull up? Is it is it still an ongoing issue for you? Oh, look, and I know uh, I've had a couple of suggestions that I'm being a bit of a whinger on this, too. <laughs> no, uh, not but- not from um, us, mate. Maybe the locals. Not from uh, not from over this uh, side. Well, it's um, interesting. It's 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 something I was passionate about last year. So it's got nothing to do with winning or losing. It's player health and safety. The way I look at it. And if our players reporting sore, then um, we'd like to get something done about it. So that, that was about a month ago, mate. And the, the ground does soften up as the season progresses, and it's in a really good space at the moment. But pre-season um, and the early part of the year, just coming out of the cricket and some concerts that are on uh, that stadium, there's no doubt it's 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 difficult to manage um, the hardness of the ground. So we've got to get a little, little bit smarter with training there and, and we want the stadium to get a little bit smarter at getting it um, safer for our players. And that's about it, mate. Outside of that, we um, don't think uh, I whinge too much on things. What, what percentage do you feel like you're going at the moment? It's probably a hard question to answer, but... We're probably used to seeing a, a lot more free-flowing West Coast Eagles. I know you talked about the volume of inside 50s. You're averaging, yeah. I think, 47, which is the last in the competition. But we haven't seen you really get back to what the levels of 2018 were. Is it a reality that maybe this is the 2019 version that we're seeing at the moment? Or do you think there's you know, a, a percentage uh, of incremental improvement to come? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm working through that. The, you look at uh, Adelaide in 17, the way they scored, and you thought, geez, that's just going to roll on in 18. You looked at Melbourne last year and their ability just to slam on goal, apart, uh, goal after goal. And this year it's a struggle. It, every year is different, I think, Kingy. Um, I see glimpses of what we can do with the ball. We did move the ball a little bit quicker in the last quarter and, and got some really deep entries. I think we had 10 deep entries in the last quarter and kicked five goals. And that seems to be the, you know, a really good avenue for every club, and we're just not getting enough of that. So, I don't know, mate. We'll keep working on it. Um, we want to do it, but sometimes it's difficult, and I think across the comp, it's difficult for anyone to um, to kick over 100 points at the moment. So, can we just explore that a little bit more with you? Why do you think scoring is significantly down? Uh, I don't have a complete answer because I, I, I'm looking at our boys and what we're doing and what we're trying to do from last year to this year. What is the difference? And, you know, teams change the way they defend. Uh, the the game doesn't give you enough uh, avenues to to turn the scoreboard around as quick as you'd like with, you know, the 6-6-6 where I keep hearing how good that is for the last five minutes of the game. Um, what about the other... 95% of the game, is, is it good for the game as well? I mean, uh, I, I've seen Melbourne last year have two half-forwards ripping off the back of the square, which made it really hard to, to defend. It wasn't a defensive avenue, it was attacking. So these type of things, have, we're still working through the, the competition about what, what we're going to do to get the scoring up. Um, I'm not sure if that rule's helping 
the scoring situation. It's exciting at the back end of the game, but what's it doing for the rest of the game? Having said that, I don't think it's just the rules. I think there's teams defending better and the game hasn't opened up. With the defending getting better and it feels like it's getting better year on year on year, is there any yeah. reason to think that scoring could fight through that or is that, that is that the modern reality? Oh, I think teams will find a way. Yeah, there'll be a there'll be another avenue. Yeah, uh, we'll keep working through it. I mean, Geelong and, and Collingwood are not far off that at the moment themselves. So, um, yeah, a lot of teams are working on offence at the moment, that's for sure. A couple of big talking points to come out of it, Simo, that we need to ask you about. Did, did you have? Did you take exception to, to Vardy having a crack at Max Gorm when he was on the ground after being sat on his head by, um, <laughs> by flying right? Yeah. Oh, look, I think there was a little bit of banter going in one direction most of the night when you're Max Gorn and you're having 60 hit-outs to advantage. Um, I think Vardy took the opportunity to try and at least return a bit of uh, a, a bit of lip. But, no, nah, not a great look for us. We, we don't really like that type of thing. It, um, you don't need to do it. But um, I, I dare say there was a bit of niggle throughout the night. So I think when you saw him on the ground, he took an opportunity to, to give him some feedback, which I think Vardy was getting for most of the night. So uh, Gorn is a big boy. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's okay. Did you follow that up with your player, or he's experienced enough to probably know that if in the same position again, he, he might not go that way? No, I've spoken to Bards. Yeah, I, I said, mate, you don't need to do that. Um, mm. And he went through a couple of things throughout the day. And um, I mean, no harm, no foul, really. It's just not a great look. So we'll, we'll you know, keep backing, backing in Bards. And, and um, he's working really hard, but he got touched up last time in the ruck. The other one was the extraordinary situation where um, Lewis Jetta nails Tim Smith in a tackle. It gets holding yeah. the ball. The umpire's right there. He pays a free kick. But it will be looked at. Simo, how'd you see it? Well, I don't know if it was a sling, to be honest. Um, I, I thought, you know, if you look at it in detail, uh, it probably will get looked at. But I, I'm not sure what we do when you guys play. He's limp standing up. Um, I, I, it could have been a lot worse. And um, Smith's come back on the ground. So, you know, I'm, I'm not sure where they're going to go with, it, with that. But, um, yeah, I, I thought that Jet did as much as he could. It could have been a really dangerous tackle if, um, if he went a bit harder. And one more from me. Do, do you think what could have been with the way Tim Kelly's playing, and we, we read the report of how close you were to getting him in, in the off-season, are you confident that he'll choose you again when he's out of contract? <laughs> Uh, it's a loaded question, Gondi, and I'm not going near it. He's a Geelong player. He's in really good form. Um, yes, and if he ever leaves the club, it's going to cost someone a lot of a lot of money and a lot of uh, draft picks, I would assume. But that's really not my problem, mate. He, he's um, he's someone we probably tag when we play. I always like to ask you what you're doing on the weekend because you tell me that. WA's got it all. Perth's got it all. I want to know. You're playing a Friday night. You get the chocolates. Things are, Life's good. Yep. What's the next 48 hours? And don't you don't give us this. I'm dropping kids at school sport or what you went with last time. What What's the weekend? Uh, I, um, first of all, there's nothing better than winning on a Friday. Yeah. That's the best feeling in football. Uh, I'm sitting in the car park at the front of a basketball centre um, and it's halftime in my son's basketball. I've just dropped my daughter off at work. She works at the team store. 
and I've got to vote on the way home. <laughs> and then I'm going to have a couple of beers this afternoon. <laughs> That's so better. I don't know oh, what else. Thank, there we thank go. God, thank God, God for that. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Cottesloe again. We, we did, <laughs> I was starting to get uh, flat for him. <laughs> no, no, no. I can, I can lock on away at home, get a couple of boys over and... Um, That's it. Yeah, enjoy the weekend. Hey, get back inside, watch that basketball. Adam, thanks for your time. Thanks, boys. Well Appreciate it.